Welcome to the Vacant Championship Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jeff Simmons, and over there is my partner, my tag partner, my partner in life, my beautiful wife, Katie Reed. Hi. Well, Katie, uh, today is our official first episode of our Slamming Sunday series. It's a new thing we're going to do every week, and our first episode is going to be on Forgotten Intercontinental Champions. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, uh, let's let's talk about the history, a little bit of history of the Intercontinental Championship. The Intercontinental Championship has been around since September of 1979. The first champion was Pat Patterson, and he was crowned in a tournament that was said to take place in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, but it never actually happened, according to a lot of wrestling historians. Um, there is actually a lot of, you know contradicting stuff to this there was there's no visual evidence of this tournament ever occurring um so anyways pat patterson the first intercontinental champion the intercontinental championship has been held by 85 different wwe superstars throughout the years um it has also changed hands 173 times holy cow so uh, Chris Jericho holds the record for the most intercontinental title reigns with nine. Uh, with the most consecutive days as champion, the Honky Tonk Man holds that record for 454 days as intercontinental champion. The most combined days, so obviously combined title reigns, Pedro Morales uh, has that number at 619 days. Um, the shortest intercontinental title reign is that of Dean Douglas, which was 11 minutes. So, um, but this episode, folks, is not about the history. We're not going to, that's basically what we're going to say about the history of the Intercontinental Championship. That could be another, another episode. This episode is going to be about the guys that, you know, you may have forgot that were Intercontinental Champions. You know, a literal flash in the pan, some of these guys. A literal, like, they're not as good as their teammates. They're not as good as other wrestlers. Right, or just flat out just bad booking. Right, yeah. You know, and that's that's probably the, you know, the looking down this list of guys, that was kind of the issue for a lot of these guys, mm-hmm. was just really bad booking. But, um, so yeah, we're going to go through this list. On this list, um, we do have 14 names. Um, so out of those 170, what did I say, 173 mm-hmm. uh, title changes, we've been able to find 14. So here's the criteria, though, for this to be considered in our uh, little countdown of forgotten champions here. You you could only have one title reign as Intercontinental Champion. Right, yeah. You could, uh, you could not be a former world champion of any company. So you could have the secondary titles. You could not be a former world champion. So those of you that are already asking, yes, Ezekiel Jackson is disqualified because technically he won the ECW title, even though we're talking ECW, WWE, not ECW, ECW. Um, so he's disqualified so is dean douglas because he won the ecw title so you get where i'm coming from there um 
And the other thing, the most important thing is the tidal rain cannot last longer than two months. So two months or fewer for these tidal rains mm -hmm. to be qualified as a forgotten intercontinental champion. So, so we'll start things off with the first guy on the list. We're going to kind of go back and forth, Katie and I are, and I'm going to start it off with the Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Mountie, you know. Um, after immediate success as, as one half of the fabulous Rougeaus, um, the Mountie, you know, Jacques Rougeau, who was better known as Jacques Rougeau, along with his brother Raymond, uh, led by, you know, Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, decided to take a year off after Raymond uh, retired in 1990. He came back in 1991 as the Mountie. And, uh, you know, obviously he was this Dudley Do-Right-looking heel that came out with the shock stick, and he racked up a couple of big wins in 1991. He defeated Coco Beware at the Royal Rumble that year, which was his first pay-per-view match. He also defeated Tito Santana at WrestleMania 7. Um, but 1992 would be his biggest uh, thing to date. He would, um, it was January 7, 17th, 1992 at a house show, and he defeated Brett the Hitman Hart to become the Intercontinental Champion. Just a mere two days later at the <laughs> Royal Rumble, Hot Rod Roddy Piper would take the Intercontinental Championship. This would obviously set up, you know, uh, and obviously the Royal Rumble of January 19, 1992 would set up WrestleMania 8, the big showdown between Roddy Piper and Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Championship, which everybody looks at that, you know, as one of the classic Intercontinental title matches. But so that is kind of the career in retrospect of the Mountie. He went on to tag team success with the Quebecers after that and then later retired. So next I have Marty Janetti. He is the former member of the Rockers. Um, he also gained notoriety after accidentally breaking the neck of wrestler Charles Austin um, while performing his Rocker Dropper, which is the finishing move. Um, he won the title from Shawn Michaels on a Raw, uh, May 27, 1993. And he lost to Shawn Michaels at a house show on June 6 of 93. And one thing about the, obviously, the Marty and Sean uh, rivalry that spanned from the Rockers, you know, because the Rockers, the Rockers never attained the tag team championships. They were very close on numerous occasions. They never attained the tag team titles. Uh, however, Sean and Marty, you know, had this feud after the, the breakup, and the everybody remembers the breakup. Sean kicked Marty through the barbershop window, yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the rest is history there. From So then we go to the uh, next guy on this list, and it's a former football player. He was a standout football player at the University of Tennessee and a former Dallas Cowboy at one time, uh, Ahmed Johnson. This uh, Ahmed Johnson, he, you know, he was a guy that never really quite found his footing in the WWE, back WWF at the time. Um, he was kind of labeled as kind of dangerous he was kind of uh not i guess not trained so well reckless. he was he was reckless yeah he was hurting guys um in the ring and you know guys didn't really want to work with him he was getting a huge push at one point in 1996 
he was very close to uh, a program with uh, with Shawn Michaels that would have put him in the title picture, mm-hmm. um, in the WWE title picture. But uh, he had a legit uh, kidney injury. But before that, his crowning achievement came on uh, June 23rd, 1996, at the King of the Ring when Ahmed Johnson got his arguably his biggest win of his career and he defeated Goldust for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, his reign would last until he was forced to vacate the title due to a legit kidney injury, as I said. Uh, he was forced to vacate the title on August 12, 1996. So that leads me to Mark Merrow, which he never, he just got the title because um, it was vacated by Ahmed Johnson right, on right. August 12, 1996. I believe he won it. He won it on September 23rd, 1996, um, in a, which in was a battle royal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. 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 And then lost it to Triple uh, H Hunter Hearst Hem- Helmsley. Helmsley. On Raw on October 21st, 96. Um, Mark has won four New York State boxing titles. Um, also, Vince McMahon asked him to learn the Tarzan yell <laughs> for his wild man character and gained most of his, his success as Johnny B. Bass in WCW. Johnny B. Bad. Bab. Bad. Bad. In WCW in the early to mid-90s. Uh, so moving on, we go to uh, Road Dog, Road Dog Jesse James, who uh, debuted in WWE in nineteen ninety five as Jeff Jarrett's roadie. Uh, obviously, he is a member of the legendary Armstrong family with Brad Armstrong, uh, Bullet Bob Armstrong. Um, you know, uh, he saw most of his success in. Uh, tag team action as a member of the New Age Outlaws. He was a six-time tag team champion with Billy Gunn uh, as the Outlaws. Um, But his biggest success, uh, singles-wise, came on uh, March fifteenth, 1999, where he defeated Val Venus for the Intercontinental title. Uh, The Road Dog would end up losing the, the Intercontinental title to Goldust, uh, two weeks later, on March 29th, 1999, also on Raw. So, that's the road dog. <laughs> and then next we have the Godfather. Um, he beat Goldust in April 12th of 1999 on Raw, and then he lost it to Jeff Jarrett on May 25th, 1999, also on Raw. Um, he currently manages the strip club Cheetahs, in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we did... My husband met him. I didn't actually meet him. but He's a great guy. My <laughs> husband met him at an indie wrestling show. And he also started as Papa Shango in the company as his first gimmick. Yep. And uh, so then we go to uh, actually one of Godfather's best pals that also uh, won the Intercontinental Championship at one point, And that is D'Lo Brown. Uh, D'Lo Brown found most of his success um, as a European champion. Uh, D'Lo Brown, as a lot of people know, was European champion. He was European champion four times on four different occasions. He was uh, technically the longest-serving member of the Nation of Domination. Mm -hmm. And 
On the uh, July 27th, 1999 edition of Raw, D'Lo would dethrone Jeff Jarrett for the IC strap, only to lose it to Jarrett at SummerSlam on August 22nd, 1999. So basically less than a month from that, mm-hmm. he, uh, he would lose the title. But All right, then next we have Rikishi. He uh, beat Chris Benoit on SmackDown uh, June 20th, 2000. For the IC title, and then lost it to Val Venus on July 4th of 2000, also on SmackDown. Uh, his sons currently wrestle as the tag team, the Usos. Um, Rikishi was also a part of the Head Shrinkers and the Great Samoans. And a little known fact is he rubs his nose twice en route to the ring to tell his children that he loves them. Um... Next person on this list is uh, Billy Gunn. So we were just talking about Road Dog a few minutes ago. We're going to talk about Billy Gunn for a second. Uh, Billy Gunn is, you know, his he's had a storied career. Um, he, obviously, mostly a tag team wrestler. Uh, he's won ten different tag team titles, uh, six with Road Dog, mm-hmm. um, two with his uh, with his kayfabe brother. Bart Gunn, and uh, one with uh, Chuck, I believe, Chuck Palumbo. Um, So, you know, his crowning singles achievement, though, came in the November 21st, 2000 edition of SmackDown, where he dethroned Eddie Guerrero for the IC Championship. Uh, Eventually, this would lead to a match with Chris Benoit at uh, Armageddon 2000. This was still around the time, of course, that the radicals were running rampant through wwe um so chris benoit would end uh billy gunn's reign at armageddon 2000 on december 10th um so yeah that's that's billy gunn in a nutshell and then next we have albert he beat kane on smackdown and uh, lost it to Lance Storm on Raw in July 23rd of 01. He, um, Bloom had over 25 body piercings, the first of which he received at the age of 14, and his numerous tattoos represent his eight-year tentative in Japan. So one thing about, uh, you know, the year 2001, especially with the Alliance um, storyline, was we had a we had quite a bit of change in the intercontinental division there was you know quite a bit there was a lot of hot potatoing the title and you really see that with this um so obviously that leads into with albert that leads into the next guy which is uh, lance storm um lance storm you know is a canadian wrestler he is uh he got his start you know in like ECW and well Smoky Mountain Wrestling he got his start but then was noticed by ECW and then eventually uh, would find his way to WCW and then to WWE you know it took him a while to get to WWE but uh, eventually when he did you know and it uh, when he was in WCW you know he was able to rack up a lot of titles there he was the United States champion three times he was a cruiserweight champion Uh, lots of lots of singles titles in WCW, you know, he's the head of Team Canada with that whole storyline. Um, so that was really his most success. One thing I will say about Lance Storm is he's always been one of my favorite workers, personally. I, th- I just think he's tremendously 
underrated. Um, and one amazing fact about Lance Storm is obviously everybody knows about the PWI 500. Uh, every single year, you know, PWI puts out a, you know, PWI 500 of the 500 best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the year 2001, the same year that Lance Storm won the Intercontinental Championship, out of 500 wrestlers, Lance Storm was ranked 13th. Wow. So, you know, that's something to be said about this guy. You know, mm-hmm. he is just an amazing talent. Um, but he defeated uh, Elbert, as Katie alluded to, on July uh, 23rd on an edition of Raw. Less than a month later, though, as I, as I mentioned, you know, this was the Alliance thing, so it was, everything was frantic. He would lose the title to Edge at SummerSlam on August 19th, 2001. One of many Edge title reigns yeah. with the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. But. So then it brings us to Test. He beat Edge on a episode of Raw in November 5th of 01. Then he lost to Edge at Survivor Series 11-18-01. Um, Test had severe uh, CTE at the time of his death. Little people don't know that because um, he was he died of an overdose. Right. So most people don't know that like his CTE contributed to him having that overdose. And he was trained by uh, Leo Burke, Bret Hart, and Dory Funk Jr. And he was also married to Stephanie McMahon. Okay, babe. Kayfabe, <laughs> of course. The stupidest, one of the dumbest angles of uh, 1999 there. Yeah. <laughs> that was, geez. Um, but he was, at the time, he was engaged to uh, uh, Diva, at the time of his death, engaged to Diva Kelly Kelly yep. also. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so definitely taken too young Yes. was, was mm-hmm. test, but uh, also... At one time in his career, teamed with Albert as part of TNA. You know, they were managed by Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just a lot of, yeah. He's the underrated edge. Absolutely. That's a, I think that's a good way to put, that's a good way to put test. You know, I, I don't think, work rate, I don't think he was nearly as good as edge. No. And he was never going to be. No. But, you know, he kind of. You kind of like, yeah, this is your undercard edge, mm-hmm. more or less. Is mm-hmm. what I wouldn't even say underrated. I would say undercard edge. That's mm-hmm. That was what Test was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he definitely, he could work, but he just, he was meant for that, you know, lower, not even really mid-card, lower card, you know, hardcore title style right. match, you know. Like, put this guy in there, you know, with Al Snow and the boss man and <laughs> stuff like, you know, the guys like And he that. won the hardcore title twice. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, but then again, everybody won the fucking hardcore title. You right. know, I'd have to look <laughs> in history. I might have won the hardcore right. title at one point. I definitely did on a lot of video games, but, um, so, so yeah, that was, uh, that was test. Mm-hmm. So that's going to bring us to our final couple of guys here. And uh, my last guy is going to be Luke Harper, who is obviously known now as Brody Lee in AEW, mm-hmm. um, part of the Dark Order now. You know, uh, Luke Harper is one of those... Katie and I often talk about on the show that the guys that are, like, severely underused 
and just like super super talented mm -hmm. and they just don't know what to do with them you know they with with luke harper ever since departing the wyatt family they never the wwe never figured out what to do with him after that you know they put him with rowan again with the bludgeon brothers which i thought was a stupid gimmick i thought it was stupid too I you agree. know i I think that, you know, coming out with these hammers and these ridiculous, you know, get-ups and all that, it just looked ridiculous. It's like the B version of AOP. Well, I th I think it's more like the B version even of the, the Viking Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it kind of reminded me of like the, you know, like a different, maybe that's what the Viking Raiders should have. Maybe they should have came out with hammers instead of the bludgeon right. Raiders, you know, like it just... I just didn't really care for that gimmick. I didn't get it. Um, but obviously, they won the SmackDown Tag Titles when they had that gimmick. Um, you know, Luke Harper is another guy. We've talked about a lot of these guys where they've had a lot of a lot of tag team success. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the big things is because obviously, you know, they didn't have that success singles-wise. And the thing about the Intercontinental Championship is it's always been the title. It's always been the workhorse title. Mm -hmm. And when you're the Intercontinental Champion, you know, it's said that you're next in line for the, the world title. So, but that's not always the case, as we see. Mm -mm. You know, so with some of these guys... All of these guys, I don't think, ever won the world title. No, that's, well, that's why they're on this list. Oh, yeah. That's exactly why they're on this list. That's what I mentioned earlier. Um, but... Obviously, they some of these guys could have attained a world title. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's hard to imagine Luke Harper winning the world title. No, it's not going to happen. Nope. You know, it's not going to happen. But somebody like the Road Dog, you know, with with such momentum, you could imagine I, him winning it or Billy Gunn. I don't know about Billy Gunn, but I would I would say Road Dog. You know, on this list, um, that that might be it. Like, there's really mm -hmm. not a lot of... I would say Billy Gunn, but you differ, so... Yeah, that's what I, mean. I... Well, either way, though. But you're saying Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Is that your only two guys on the list mm -hmm. that you would see as a potential yeah. world champion? So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, there's... Yeah, because who else do we have on this list? You know, we had uh, D'Lo Brown. There's no way, you know... As much as I'm a D'Lo fan, I love D'Lo, but he's... We have the Godfather, but I don't see the Godfather being the champion. No, no. His gimmick's way the too Maoni, much. The Maoni, no. It's yeah. just... Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with that. But, um, yeah, so Luke Harper, you know, he's he ends up winning the Intercontinental Championship. Um, he defeated Dolph Ziggler on the November 17th, 2014 edition of Raw... Uh, he would end up losing the title, uh, you know, not even a month later at TLC on December 14th, 2014. So you can't say that he didn't hold the title. That's the one thing about all these guys. You can't say they didn't hold the title, you know. Um, even Dean Douglas for 11 <laughs> minutes yeah. back at In Your House in 95 uh, holding the title, so... So yeah, that's uh, that'll bring us to our last guy, and then we're gonna, I think we're gonna kind of wrap things up. We'll talk after this. We'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff, the episodes that we're planning, but we'll get to the last guy. So here. Uh, my last guy is Zach Ryder. He um, 
won the Intercontinental Championship from Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 32. But unfortunately, he lost it to The Miz the next day on the 4-4-16 episode of Raw. He was in a uh, ladder match with uh, Sin Cara, uh, Stardust, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, and Sami Zayn. Um, and one thing I want to say about this ladder match was um, I, I remember a couple of things from this. I, first of all, I've always been a Zack Ryder guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I popped pretty pretty hard for, for Zack Ryder winning the IC title because I really thought this was going to be a lengthy title reign. Of course, I thought wrong, like a lot of people did. And I'm sure Zack himself, you know, like really believe that you know this was that he had finally made it this is his moment right and it was it was his moment and it was it just you know it was robbed from him it it was very reminiscent of when uh kane won the first blood match against steve austin to win the title at king of the ring 98 Mm -hmm. but the next night on raw austin defeated kane for the title but the difference between Zack Ryder and Kane is obviously Kane went on to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. You know, Zack Ryder was never going to attain the World Heavyweight Championship. No. It just wasn't going to happen. So it's unfortunate for somebody like Zack Ryder mm-hmm. that really got the short end of the stick. Out of all the, because we, we talked about all the bad booking, I think this was the worst booking yes. of all of it um, right here. but. He also, he damaged his career when he engaged in a deep feud with Kane and John Cena at WrestleMania. Also, um, he has won the U.S. title as well. And he has a podcast with uh, Kurt Hawkins, and he collects WWE figures. Yes, and another uh, interesting fact about both him and Kurt Hawkins is they were, as we have alluded to on the show, they were recently released yep. by WWE, which was probably the best thing to ever happen to these two guys. And I hope they stay gone. Mm-hmm. I hope they, they're smart enough to stay away from WWE and the shitty booking that they've attained over these years. They're very underrated superstars, and they need to be treated as... Absolutely. I really I can see them, you know, because uh, Zach is really good buddies with Cody, so I really see them going to AEW, mm-hmm. and I kind of hope they do. But... Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a rundown of the forgotten Intercontinental Champions. Um, Fourteen of them mm-hmm. out of a hundred and seventy-four right. title reigns. <laughs> that is not very many. No, and I'm sure that you know. I hope this kind of brought some memories back uh, for for you listeners. You know, uh, I'm sure you're probably thinking like man i don't even realize i didn't even realize that guy was champion you know Mm -hmm. but um yeah this was a this is a fun episode to do Mm -hmm. and uh our slam and sunday series we're gonna like i said we're gonna do this every week a different uh theme you know a different episode uh so next week is gonna be the start of we have this idea we're gonna do a couple of brackets okay so tournament style brackets like march madness style brackets next week we're going to do the worst wrestling entrance theme bracket so we're going to have this elimination tournament worst entrance theme bracket next week it starts next week uh hopefully we can get a couple episodes out of it and then we're going to go on to our worst gimmick bracket so we'll see how that goes. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, I really, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, check out, um, check out Spotify. Check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcast, everywhere you can find us. Uh, Vacant Championship Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. Uh, give us a like. Give us a follow. The great folks at Anchor FM making this possible. Um, so yeah, that's gonna do it. Hope you really enjoyed this episode, but. Until next time, my name is Jeff Simmons. And I'm Katie Reed. We'll catch you on the flip side.